PR's top pros talk, forming a sustainable PR strategy, featuring David Barco, CEO and founder of Carve Communications. And here's your host, Doug Simon. David, if you just had one piece of advice to give to companies to do PR the right way, what would you tell them? I would tell them to focus on a sustainable model of PR, to look beyond just the big hit on the press release or the big announcement and focus on long-term campaigns and long-term opportunities to create ongoing awareness. That's really the key in today's PR, media, and outreach marketplace that we all live and work in. Yeah, and we've all seen the disparity between the one-hit wonders, if you will, to a music analogy and something that's sustainable over time. So if a company wants to develop something sustainable and they're looking into doing it, what are some of the best approaches? Can they take part of what they're doing already, or does it also have to be new stuff? I think it could be a mix of both. I mean, what you're doing already is really try to map out what your clients have for you, right? The things that you know are happening throughout a year, right? You know, a client's going to have roughly an announcement, a quarter, um, you know, they're going to have things that will come up, but take that and what you learn from it, the different trends and ideas and topics that you can pull from the value proposition of your brands. And then I like to call it create, curate, discover, find, dig up opportunities in between. Don't wait around for your clients to tell you what's next, because typically that will just result in a failed campaign or an unhappy client uh, agency relationship. So if you're constantly trying to create opportunities and take that sustainable mindset and not sustainable in terms of the environment, but a sustainable mindset in terms of PR that really leads to great success today because that's what client want or ongoing awareness. It's great to have, you know, the the arrow go up as we all know, right? But that lasts only for two or three days. So really focus on how can you sustain that awareness over time? Yeah. And it's interesting. I just read something recently about a lot of times when people try and think of what's next, they're really talking about what's now. So it is a shift in how you think. Along with doing things the right way, there are some mistakes to avoid. Any thoughts on what some of those might be from an agency perspective and trying to help a client grow? Don't just rely on a press release. I know that will make the people from Cision very upset who are watching this, but unfortunately, you know, don't just rely on the press releases and the news. You can't do that. You really have to develop value propositions. Um, You have to look at the problems your clients are solving for their customers that might not always be sales focused. Don't get stuck into that trap of just selling, 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 but look at the problem solving your clients are focused on for their clients. Elevate those as part of your PR campaign and part of your PR strategy. Um, You know, and the other, the other avoidance or the other, the other do not try, um, I would say is don't, at least for us personally, don't always try to capitalize on, you know, the hot topic of the day. You really have right. to determine whether you fit in, whether it's a holiday or something happening with a celebrity or some kind of breaking news. It doesn't always pay to try to glom your client onto that trend. It's really got to be relevant because it, it could either end up badly because it's so irrelevant for your client right. or it's just going to be a dud and your client's going to be like, well, why did I waste time and effort in trying to do that? It didn't make sense for us. So those are probably the two things I would say to avoid. That's great insight. And even if it does result in a PR placement per se, if it doesn't align with your long-term goals, 
that could be doing more harm than good. One thing we like to recommend that I'd love to get your take is trying to come up with ideas that your brand can own. Like, let's say it's a you know company that like LinkedIn, where you can find jobs available, owning a report of what's going on in the marketplace. How important and how challenging is it to try and find something that a brand can own, especially when you're thinking long term? Yeah, I mean, vitally important to do it. The challenge, I believe, comes from the client actually being able to fulfill the creation of that report or finding that data. You know, we as PR practitioners have a lot of great ideas and we present them all to the client. And most of the time, it's not money that's the issue. It's their ability to curate that data, find that information and give it to you in a in a package form that is useful and relevant to you. So Interesting. you really got to work. We always find you really have to work closely with the client to really tightly determine what that POV is, what that data point is, and then is it relevant? Because a lot of times it might be interesting to the client. They mean, oh, this is a great piece of data that we have or a great trend that we're seeing. But when you take a step back and look at it and you think of it from a media perspective, which is what we all are, it might not be that you know that relevant or the media might not be interested. So that's really the challenge is making sure you have the right information. Ideas are always great, but can it be executed upon, especially on the client side? David, your agency takes a unique approach to how you measure the value of media hits that you generate. Can you explain? Happy to, yeah. So we try to go beyond the typical metrics of reach, impressions, and unique monthly visitors to where we actually measure the value of each placement based upon a predetermined set of criteria that we have that actually looks at the value of each placement. And so we look at things like, okay, what tier of media is that placement in? Um, are all some or none of the messages our client wants to get across in that article? Or does it just say their brand name? Is it positive, negative, or neutral? And a couple of other criteria to where we give a numerical value to each placement and report that back to the client. And what it really shows the client is that it goes beyond just a press release reprint to really what is contained within that article that provides value to the reader, um, that really illustrates the messages and the problems that they're solving. And then we can report on that value to the client. For some of our clients, it's become a C-suite level metric that they measure. They really look at that value importantly. And then we can also measure it over time. We can see the averages of each placement, which can then adjust our strategy accordingly based upon okay, do we have too many tier two media placements? Do you need to refocus and get tier one? Oh, that, that infographic that the client you know, created for us is not included in a bunch of these articles. Let's refocus and get that in there. So that numerical score really lets us drill down and go beyond the metrics that we're all used to, to have the client more fully understand the value of a placement to their business and to their ROI. No, that's really interesting. I think it's also intriguing that the same exact hit in the same exact outlet may come up with very different scores for different clients 100%. based on what their needs and goals are. So it's really a good step to dig a little deeper. It's a great idea. 100%. Employee retention, top of mind for a lot of people. And that's another area you're putting a lot of focus on at the company. Yeah, our, our focus is, is a few fold. Number one, what we really do is we don't hire just to fill a hole. We hire people with purpose to fill a need that we have and based on a skill set that they have that we need to fill versus just filling a chair or filling a, a Zoom square as we work virtually. Um, the other thing we do is we put trust in people right off the bat. We hire them because we trust them from the interview process, not for them to earn our trust over six months. And that's a really big thing. 
and why employees stay here because then right off the bat, we're putting them in, in a position to succeed from minute one because the trust right. is already there. And number three, certainly in this day and age, and I can speak for our agencies because we are working pretty much all virtually, right? All distributed, um, is we have allowed the team to dictate the ebb and the flow and how we all work and communicate together virtually over Zoom or Teams or Slack. I have not put down edicts from on high as to the way things should be done and they can't be done another way. We've left it to the team to figure out. And our more senior members who have been with us for three or four years, who've been through all of us being in an office and then all of us being virtual, have led that charge and brought in the new folks that we've added as we've doubled in size over the past year to kind of contribute to that process and to make it all work. You know, we're very, very lucky and our team is very, very good that we've transitioned and kept the transition going from office to virtual work while adding people around the country. So it's really about hiring people for purpose, giving trust to them right off the bat and letting them dictate how the workflow should be, whether it's all virtual, some hybrid or all in person, we really give them that power. That's awesome. I think you've given power to a lot of people watching this segment to bring some new ideas to the table, which is what we love. Thanks so much for spending time with us. Absolutely. My pleasure. I hope it helps and looking forward to being back sometime soon. Thank you.